Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join with us in Appleton and Stevens Point. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us. And again, welcome to those of you over in Stevens Point this morning and Appleton as well. Good to have you with us as uh, we are streaming live to our campuses in high def. That's, uh, we're excited about all the technological changes that we've been able to uh, add to the church over the last two years during our Go Beyond campaign. And it's been rather significant, not just that, but uh, people who watch us on television and people who watch us all around the world, <laughs> literally, during the first sermon this morning, I'm preaching, and my pastor friend, Gary Rivas, you'll remember him, our Methodist pastor friend, uh, who's going to be back with us in August, he was texting me during the service, distracting me, and making comments on my outfit this morning. So, in that while, I mean, how wild is that? He can watch me make comments, and I can text back to him and respond and tell him to quit it. Right? Well, it's all live. It's all... What <laughs> The world has gotten so small. Isn't it amazing? what we can do today. Want to continue our Faith 101 series. What we're doing is a series on just basic Christian thought. Basic, and quite frankly, I mean, to a lot of people, this isn't basic. It's enlightening and eye-opening to them. Quite frankly, because sometimes they're so basic, we don't talk about them because we assume everybody's heard this, everybody knows it, but more and more people are coming back to faith and joining the church, and, but they haven't heard the answers to this. And pretty soon you got a whole bunch of people who honestly are struggling with these things. So we decided to just focus on them. The first two has been dealing with this idea that uh, why does God let bad things happen? And the whole point of the message is to point out that everything that happens is not God. And uh, we've beat this severely. <laughs> Hopefully we're getting this through. Everything that happens is not God. Now, basically, the Bible teaches if something is an unusual blessing, we call it a blessing and consider it from God. If something is unusually evil or bad, we consider it of Satan. Oddly, when something unusual bad happens, people point at God. This horrible thing. Smart Alec. This, <laughs> quit it. This unusual thing happens when, you know, all of a sudden something bad happens. Why did God let that happen? Why did God let that happen? And it's amazing how many people do this. And it's crazy when the Bible clearly teaches when something really evil happens, it's not God, it's inspired from hell. And it's amazing how many young people, especially guys in their teens, and I mean, they really struggle with this. Something bad happens, a friend gets killed in a motorcycle, like, oh, why did God do this? They're all pointing their finger at God. It wasn't God. All right, my boyfriend break up with me, Why? I don't know. You're irritating. I don't know why. That's why he broke up with you. My cat got run over. Why? You opened the door and let the cat out. I don't know why. Most of what happens in this life is a result of what, ha what men and women choose to do. It's called free will. 
We are influenced and choose to be influenced either by Satan or by God as the struggle is played out, but it's still mostly your decision. So quit pointing at God, assuming he does everything, because he doesn't. Everything is not locked in stone and predestined where you have no choice. It's an absurd concept. Listen, if God truly controlled everything, don't you think the world would be a nicer place? I mean, everybody would love each other. There would be peace. There'd be no crime. There'd be no heartache. You'd never have to worry about money. And the Green Bay Packers would win every Super Bowl. Because <laughs> clearly that's God's will. Everything is not controlled by God. So if everything is not controlled by God, then how do we get God involved in our lives? Well, that's what prayer is for. So in today's 101 lesson, we're talking about why do we pray? Prayer is inviting God to intervene in the affairs of people, into the affairs of your life, where you're asking God to come in. Now, here's an important faith 101 truth. The Christian faith is not just about doing what God tells you to do. For some absurd reason, this has permeated the Christian faith over the last 20, 30 years, where like everybody, just everything about Christian, just do what God tells you to do. Just do what God tells you to do. I don't know what to do. Just do what God tells you to do. You go ask somebody for advice and they say, oh, just pray and do what God tells you to do. If you talk to someone, you got problems, you go to them and their answer to you is do what God tells you to do, smile and then get away from them. They clearly don't know what they're talking about. It is the ultimate cop-out. I'm not going to give you any advice. I won't let you know how ignorant I am. Just pray and do what God says. The problem with that is that God, everyone becomes a God in their own mind. They think everything that pops in their head, every thought, every hoo-hoo-hoo is God. It's not God. A lot of times it's just pizza. <laughs> every thought that pops in your head, stop it. So how do we know God's will? The book of God's will is revealed in the Bible. Another reason, we'll get to it in Faith 101, why we read the Bible. To find out what God's will is. God is really not concerned about every little tiny detail you do. In fact, this does not glorify God. It's an absurd premise. This idea, just ask God to tell you what, how is God glorified? The, the whole deal of life is just you doing what God tells you to do every five seconds. It's absurd. That doesn't bring glory to God. How is that a glory? If you're a parent, are you glorified when your 37-year-old son, my son turned 37 yesterday, soon he's catching up to me, and uh, if I have to call him every morning to make sure he's doing the right thing, how's that a credit to me? I'm an abject failure. If I, Paul, Phil, Phil, did you, did you go potty today? Phil, did, I know you went yesterday. You have to go every day. Well, that would be horrifying. Not when they're two, that's exactly the conversation you have, you know, but. Now, when they're adults, God is the most glorified when you get into the Bible. Again, we'll get into this, but you learn his principles for a living, and then you make the right decisions that now bring glory to God because now you, based on his wisdom and understanding, are advancing his kingdom and living a successful life. That brings glory to God. God is not up there making us all into robots. Prayer is not so much about asking God to reveal his will to you, which seems to be 99% of people's prayers today. It's not about asking God to reveal his will to you. It's about you directing the hand of God in your life. To put it another way, prayer is not so much about you asking what God wants as it is you expressing to God what 
you want. Now, that sounds very narcissistic, but fret not, we'll straighten it out. Now, listening to the way people talk today, oh, just ask the Lord what you do. I said, Lord, what you do? You would think Jesus went around and his main concern was ask God what, you want, what he wants you to do. Pray and ask God what he wants you to do. Pray. But amazingly, it's never found. Jesus never, a single time, told people to pray and ask what God wants you to do. Never once. It's amazing how we talk and how Jesus talked, how we think and how the Bible thinks. We've just gotten away from the scriptures. Jesus went around saying, hey, what do you want God to do? What do you want God? That was how he stressed over and over again. You don't believe me? Then let's take a look at the scriptures. Matthew 7, 7. will you quit it, Gary? I am preaching here. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. This is Jesus talking. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Verse 11, Jesus said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? John 14, 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. 15.7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John 15.16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Now, isn't that a little different picture than going around just asking God what he wants you to do? All right, and by the way, God's a big boy. He can get across to you what he wants you to do if you're paying attention to any level. The point is that people have made every single decision about God and what God wants, and they live in fear and paranoia because I'll get into it when we get to that end of it. So anyway, God wants to hear from you. That's what prayer is. Are you talking to God? Are you asking God? Are you giving God input on in how you want him to move in your life? If you're not, you are missing so much of what this is about. Now, we get this idea oftentimes that, well, God is in charge and he's up there and he just tells everybody what to do. You do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. Now, we probably think that because that's what we would do if we were God. Certainly is what I would do. You shut up, you do this, you do that, you know, just because I'm large and in charge, all right? But God is not like that. Now, I'm gonna show you in the scriptures what it's more like in heaven. Now, a few times in the Bible, we have a record where a prophet looked into heaven and he could see what was happening around the throne of God. I want you to see what's going on. It's rather stunning and rather enlightening if you'll just look at it. Now, in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 18, verse 18, Micah the prophet's writing, he says, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what, the world, this is what he saw. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the host of heaven standing on his right and on his left. So he sees, wow, what a sight. We're going to read where Isaiah, what, he was more descriptive about what he saw, the other prophet. But he's seen all this activity. And what happens as their activity, he listens to God talking. Here's what God's doing. The Lord said, who will entice Ahab, because he was dealing with this king of Israel named Ahab, who's a bad guy. Who's going to entice Ahab, the king of Israel, into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? 
So he's sitting there and he asks the spirits and the angels around the throne, what do you think, God, do you guys think? How are we going to pull this off? Isn't that bizarre? Don't you think God knew how to do it? How many think God knew how to do it? Yeah. He knew, but why is he asking? Because he wants input from his creation. This is where he's the most glorified. When people and creatures take his input and his wisdom and come up with the right solutions. He knew exactly what to do. He's God. But yet he's asking, what do you guys think? What do you, and check what happens. So one suggested this and another suggested that. What is implied here is one said, let's do this. And God went, nah. Well, I got an idea. Some angel says, man, let's do this. And God goes, nah. Finally, says one spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I'll tell you what, I'll entice him. And the Lord says, I'm intrigued. By what means? He said, well, I'll go and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets, he said. And God said, you will succeed. Good plan. Go and do it. And this is how Ahab got to where he got, being tricked into being punished by God because of his he was a bad guy. Anyway, the point being, isn't that a different picture than what we think of God? And I have a theory, by the way. I'm absolutely convinced that God has always been like this, and this is why Satan thought he could take God. I think Satan looked and said, I'm not sure he knows what's going on. He's always asking for input. I mean, what, what's up with that? Maybe he's not as smart as we... So he goes around and he convinces a third of the angels. Now you have to remember, he launches this rebellion. Nobody does a rebellion thinking they're going to lose. They absolutely were convinced. This is easy. We can pull this off. We can throw him. What would make him think that? I think stuff like this. Of course, he ran into God and all his power. and Oops, bad choice, you know. Stop and think, though, Satan, I mean, he is really a good talker. He convinced a third of angels. When you can convince an eternal being that lives in perfection that their life sucks, <laughs> you're very persuasive. And you don't think he can convince you that your life sucks and everything's bad and woe is me. Man, you're a piece of cake to him. That's why you don't need to be listened to that. You need to be listening to what? God has written in his word and what his plans are for you. All right, so that's one. Well, let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah has the same experience. Isaiah 6, chapter 1, he, he, in verse 1, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So he has this vision. God is high and exalted, seated on a throne with a train of his robe filling the temple. Above him were seraphim, these angels flying around. Each had six wings, gigantic mosquitoes. They had two wings that covered their faces, two that covered their feet, two that were flying around. And they're worshiping God and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I mean, wow, what a scene. And he goes on describing this. And then he listens to what God is saying. Look what God is saying. He's asking the people around him, uh, so we got this problem. Whom shall I send? What do you mean, who should you send? You're God. Tell us who to send. That's what most people would say today. 
Oh, Lord, just tell us who to send. Oh, God, we're here listening before you. Oh, Lord, tell us what to do. You shouldn't be praying, God, tell us what to do. You should be learning from the scriptures, from his principles, and from wisdom, and know what to do, being led by his spirit. We'll get into that more and more. But I'm just saying this whole idea of sitting around God just telling what to do is not God's way of doing things. Now, there's times they'll have something specific, without a doubt. But here he's saying, what, you, what are we going to do here, guys? Who's going to go for us? And apparently nobody answers. <laughs> Maybe they were, the, they were the angels God told her on Ahab. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> I ain't asking nothing, man. I'm shutting up. Nobody says that. So Isaiah goes, um, here I am. Send me. Now, do you think God knew Isaiah was going to raise his hand and volunteer? I think so. He knows exactly what's going on. But it's like a teacher. Let me ask you, what's the better teacher? The one who sits there and just tells you all the answers or the one who makes you think? The one who makes you think. What do you think? Well, I think, no, that's not right. Bob, what do you think? Well, okay, that's closer. Susie, what, what do you think? Yes, Susie, exactly right. Getting everybody thinking, involving. That's God. He wants you to get involved with your life, making decisions about your life and asking God to get involved in your life. Imagine your life laid out before you like a big board game. And now you're going to ask God to help you succeed. What would you ask him? What would you ask him? Well, well God, can you help with that? And Lord, can you change that? And Sunzo's having this problem here. Can you turn that around? You start learning how to pray. That's why you pray. And I promise you, the reason most people don't pray, and most of you, I'm sure, struggle to pray, is that this idea is firmly planted in the back of your head, that God just does everything, and it's just his will. And I just, if you think like that, why would you pray? You're not going to pray? You know, or you do automated prayers. Our Father who art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven. Or, by the way, Jesus said, don't just repeat prayers and don't forget like a robot. Pagans pray like that. How are you supposed to ask God? What do you want God to do? How would you lay out the game and how would you ask him to help you win? That's how you, when you start to understand that, I promise you it changes you. And now you want to pray because you can invite God to come in and start changing things. What, are you meaning I can ask for anything I want? Yes, does that mean I get everything I want? No, now that would be lovely. Sometimes, you say, does God answer every prayer? Yeah, sometimes the answer is no. What happened around that throne of God? One angel comes forward, oh, I have the solution. God, do this. Guy goes, nope. I missed the last 2,000 of these, sir. Next angel says, oh, we should do this. Guy goes, no. Finally, one comes up with, yeah, that's it. And the other guys, maybe they're learning. And I'm telling you, God loves this stuff. Satan is the one who possesses people. When someone is possessed by Satan, they have no choice. And they just do whatever the Spirit tells them to do. To think that model fits in spiritual things with God is a gross mistake. God is not a demon, and he doesn't possess people and force people to do things. He doesn't do that, and he doesn't want to do that. It's a totally separate world. He wants you involved 
what would you, now here's the problem. Oftentimes, when you give this picture, what would you do? If you could ask God to do anything, what would you do? Most people, quite frankly, look, I get it. It's just human nature. Most people would come up, I need more money. I need more money. Money, 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 money. That's what we start singing, all right? And the answer to that is no. No. Because we think well, if we just have more money, that's the answer to our problems. <laughs> but it's not. You think it is, but it's not. God is not Santa Claus. When you pray, don't think Santa. Don't think of a fuzzy old man who ate too much. All right? Don't be thinking genie in the bottle. <laughs> and I'm telling you, some people, I think they approach God too much like a genie. Quote this verse, say this, that report, stand on this, and you get what you want. Uh, there's parts of that, but you got to be careful. This isn't genie time. This is connecting with God time. Asking God by standing on his word, that's fine, and asking God to move on your behalf, standing in faith. But he's not a genie, all right? Sometimes you don't get answers to prayer because we get selfish in our prayers. Now, Jesus said, everyone who asks, receive. Ask, you shall receive, because everyone who asks, receives. Interestingly enough, though, James comes along and he clarifies that a bit. In a sense, he absolutely contradicts it. He says, when you ask, you don't receive. Wait a minute. I thought you said, if you ask, you receive. Well, Jesus is assuming you're asking with the right motives and the right connection. He says, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. What you spend, is so, so you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You know, it's all about me, 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 get, 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 get. Now, that's not to say you can't ask God to bless you financially and help you through situations. Remember, he taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, God, I need a job. Lord, I need this. And then he'll do that. Well, I want God to prosper me financially. He'll do that, but not by asking for money. You know how he does it? He said, give, and it will be given to you. Ooh, we don't want that. We want God to give us money, and then we'll give. How many times has he heard his prayer? Oh, Lord, help me win the lottery, and I'll give some of it to Pastor Mark. Personally, I would answer that prayer. <laughs> you know, hallelujah, yes, Lord, hear that prayer. But he doesn't hear it because, no, it's not the way it works. I know you'd like it to work. It doesn't work that way. You want to receive more? Give more. It is what it is. He doesn't change the rules because you're so cute. All right? But for the rest of it, you got to ask God to move this way, move that way. Now, what happens when the answer is no? It doesn't mean that the end result is changed. In other words, get back to the story about Ahab. We need to do Ahab. Ahab we got to get Ahab from here to there. How are we going to do it? Well, just because something got shot didn't mean the goal changed. Your goal doesn't change. But sometimes your prayers need to change. Look, there is a part of prayer. The Bible says to be persistent. Jesus said to be persistent. But I must warn you, at some point, if you keep praying and praying and praying and praying and things don't happen, change the prayer. Come up with a different strategy. Look for something else. Ask God to move in another way, something that maybe you're missing. The Bible tells us that we know that we have the prayers God wants us to pray because we get answers. If you're praying, 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 and not getting answers, change the prayer. Doesn't mean you necessarily have to give up the goal. Maybe sometimes it does. I don't know. It depends on what your goal is. If it's selfish, you need to change that. But 
You need to change. Don't be one of these people. I know people who they think it's faith. They have prayed the same thing for 20 years and nothing has happened and they still keep praying it. They think they're in faith. No, stop. Pray differently. Look at it. Reevaluate. Just hammering this thing over and over again is not good prayer. If you're persistent in prayer, but you're not getting answers to the way you need to step back and read. I do it in my life. Man, there's things I pray and just nothing's happening. I got to change the way I'm praying. I've been persistent, I've been saying, but nothing is happening. I know God wants to answer my prayer, so this is clear. So if I'm praying, God isn't answering prayer, who do you think's the problem? I adjust, I change, I reevaluate the goal. What is it, God, you want? You know, how should we do this? How should we pull this off? Maybe this is more in his goal. God, do this way or change this way. All of a sudden, things start happening in my prayers again. But you have to understand, God is looking for you to make decisions. He's the most glorified when you think this stuff through. How would you like God to move in your family? What would you like God to do with your in-laws? And don't say kill them. <laughs> what do you want God to do with your children? How do, you God, how do you want God to make more effective what you do? Learn to pray. Be aware of people who are suffering and struggling around you. Pray for them. God, this, we need this to happen because this. Make your case to God. These guys, I love the names. They come and they make their case. Well, we'll do this. this. He, he wants to hear this. It changes the way you think. It's quite brilliant. Now, let me end with this part uh, when we talk about prayer and stuff like that. Uh, this very simple admonition. Prayer means to talk to God. Prayer means to verbalize your request to God. That's why it said saying your prayers. And if there's one thing that virtually every religion in the world, as far as I know, all of them, I'm not aware of any exception anywhere. This is so clear in the basic human experience, even in their desperate attempts to God. Every religion understands one basic thing, that prayer is talking to God, saying your request out loud. Now, the reason I got to say that is because for some reason in the United States of America, we've gotten into this thing where people don't verbalize. They think. They think it, God. Are you praying? Yes. Well, how many times have we been, you know, let's all have a moment of silence. People think that's prayer. Everybody buys their head. Personally, I start falling asleep. I don't know how you stay awake with that stuff. But that's not prayer now. If you're in a place like that, don't start yelling out loud, oh God, we, because they're going to think you're crazy, all right? <laughs> Be respectful and stuff. You don't have to stick it in their eye. But the reality is prayer is talking to God. You need, if you don't get alone and say your prayers so that you can hear your own prayers, you're not praying, in my opinion. I've had people get mad at me about this and say, oh, I, I, I can think my prayers. Well, all right, think whatever you want. I'm just telling you. Scripturally speaking, when Jesus prayed, he opened his mouth and he prayed. Throughout the whole Bible, they opened their mouths and they prayed. You speak it out. Get alone. If you need to, Jesus said, get in your closet. Whatever you got to do, well, you got some alone time and talk to it. You don't have to scream it and yell it. <laughs> Neighbors might think you're insane, you know, but just talk to God. Say, if you've never done this, start doing it and see what happens. Talk to God. Father, I'm asking you for this. And God, 
do this. And I'll tell you what, you need to be aware of what's happening on the game board of your life and see what's changing, what's happening and learn we need to deal with this and God do that. And if nothing's happening here and that person's not being answered, learn to change it. This is called prayer. If you truly understand it, you will be more motivated to play, pray, you'll enjoy praying more and I promise you, you'll have more success in praying. Prayer is not about just sitting around, God, what do you want? That's not prayer. God wants to know what do you want. What do you want? Are you talking to God in your life? All right? Again, that's not a guarantee that everything you ask will, you'll get because we tend to ask selfishly. At some point, the way Jesus laid it out, if we can learn how to pray, then virtually all your prayers do get answered because you learn not to pray selfishly anymore. But that takes a while. Man, I'm still learning. You know? But again, I had to learn to quit praying for the same thing <laughs> five years nonstop. <laughs> Oh, thank God, change my prayer. Because it ain't happening. Clearly it's not happening. We need to learn to adapt, to adjust, and here's the good news. If there's anything Jesus communicated to us, is not only does God want to hear from you, he wants to answer your prayers. He loves it. He uses the analogy of a father. How he loves it when their kids come to them and ask them and you give them stuff. You know, a father loves to bless his children. Now, you don't give your kid everything they want. Good Lord. But, I, you know, it's cool. And, and there's this communicative thing and this joy where you're connecting with God. And you don't have to be afraid of God. He's your dad. I'd be mortified if my children would have come to me and said, Oh, thou most omnipotent father. I know that I am a scumbag. And I, you probably hate me. Uh, but if you don't mind, I could really use $5 for lunch today. I'm sorry, $2.50. I can do by. That was selfish. I'm sorry. Who wants to hear that from your kid? You'd feel horrible, right? You want to come constantly. Hey, Pops, you got five bucks. How much do you need? Two and a half. But I want five. <laughs> All right, here, go. You don't give them everything. It's not good for them to get everything. But you want him to connect. This God wants to hear from you. He wants to bless you. And as you can tell by these pictures into heaven, he loves it. He loves it. He wants it. What do you want? What do you want me to do in your life? If it's a bad plan, he'll go, no. What else you got? Learn to pray. Learn to connect with God and find out what happens. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. God, we're so grateful that you do love us and that we're not just down here on earth like a bunch of robots trying to figure out what's the pre-programmed plan for our lives. We're here to live our lives successfully by connecting with you and watching you do glorious things in our lives. Lord, help us to grasp this so that we can be a greater blessing in the world and that we can have greater success advancing your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.